to keeping it 100 with jose kindelaro the final episode the final episode of the podcast and with that i'm bringing you <laughs> some uh, intellectual gold here at 103.5 fm wnhh new heaven independent.org your home for community radio powered by la voz hispana ct today i'm joined by uh monoliths monoliths are a community gary tenney uh retired fired firefighter right now commissioner now uh, advocate now community servant on many many levels and many many programs he could run down his old resume himself uh, it, it would take me like half an hour uh, across from him if you're watching us on facebook is darnell goldson uh member right now on the board of ed i don't know about how much longer but he's on the board of ed uh he's a former alderman another individual who has dedicated his life and and most of his extra time to uh to this community so i i thank you both gentlemen for coming by thank you thank you for having us um you know you know my discussions are general discuss there's no gary q was hounding me all week <laughs> wait what's the topic what's the topic uh there's, there's plenty of topics last you know on monday ronnie and uh <laughs> ronnie and kimber came over here on monday yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Talking about a blueprint and all that. What's the blueprint? Uh, well, there's always a blueprint against us. I don't know if we have a blueprint to move forward, but I know there's always a blueprint in other communities to 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 manage their to manage this city and manage us. Um, I hope that we we have a blueprint. Like when I was young, I don't know if you remember, there used to be this organization called the Black Elected Officials. Remember, they used to they used to meet at the Elks. And mm. I was I was young. I was probably about so like a like a black caucus. Like it was, a, it was like a black caucus. Uh-huh. The state senators, like mm-hmm. I mean, they were all meeting. Okay. Met like once a month, and I was a young tyke then. I was about 18, 19, 20 years old. I always wanted to be in that room, mm. you know, because I knew that it was decision. I just wanted to sit there and watch them, but I could never get in there. Mm. Um, and uh, it's, it's disappointing that it's not it's not around anymore. You know, it's and they used to, you know, we didn't fight each other for crumbs. We worked together to make sure that we all were in place to make sure that we could take care of our communities. But that's how they used to do it in those days. We don't do it anymore. We fight each other like crabs in a barrel, you know, pull each other down, um, to try to, to try to get ourselves up for crumbs. It's, it's ridiculous, but uh, crabs in a barrel effect that that's right. taken part in New Haven. I mean, part of it is society okay. as a whole. You know, the advent of technology and all, and you know, it separates people. You know, you got apps and stuff, and you get your information elsewhere. And then you find that information viable, even though it's not coming from the actual source. So I don't. So I don't think we have a blueprint um, yet. Or I think some people have a blueprint for their own personal mm-hmm. um, goals. Um, but I don't think we have a blueprint for, as a community, and, and it's, it's kind of sad. I used to. I mean, you know, Gary is. Yeah, you was born in '64, right? Yes. Yeah. So Gary's a few years younger than me, but I used to admire him because he was out there early, mm. taking beatings for for being an advocate. And I, I remember Gary would walk into a room and people would like run out because you know, they didn't want to be near the guy because they thought he was radioactive. I mean, to, to, to this day, yeah. what are you talking about? I, I, I've, I've kind of emulated that a little, you know. I, mm-hmm. I you that know, change. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's you know, you, you 
you advocate for the right things, and I, I don't have a problem sleeping at night when, when I do that. Mm-hmm. I look at myself in the, mor- in the mirror in the morning. But I used to admire the guy and and, and his gumph. Um, and then um, I found out we were relatives. So <laughs> then I said, okay, now I see where it comes from and whatnot. He's got some of my blood in him. That's right. <laughs> yes, indeed. I uh, no, but I mean, at an early age, I was exposed to some, you know, some mess, and I uh, really. Uh, not only raised my awareness, but showed me systemically, if you want to make change, you have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You have to be consistent. You have to be passionate about um, um, the issues that you know, we don't face as an individual, just as an individual, but for the masses, for the community. And, uh, and you have to let folks know right off the bat that you're, you're not the one that's going to, you know, they're going to give you, <coughs> excuse me, the crumbs, mm-hmm. so to speak. For your elevation, for you to elevate, and uh, I never accepted that. You also have to have allies, and, and oftentimes when when you're guys like us who are like you know banging up against the wall, trying to open up for other people, allies don't come very easily because you know they don't want to get again they're the radioactive guys. Um, so he very effectively used the court systems that his, as his ally, and I <laughs> I also respected that absolutely. When you have to, unfortunately, you have to sue, you uh, look at your unions. You pay union dues, and, and some of the unions, I mean, I'm definitely supportive of unions, but when you have to fight and, 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 and fight your own union, and you're, and you're paying union dues, so in a sense, you're, you're using, they're using your money to fight, mm-hmm. to fight you. Um, I mean, you're, you're involved in one of the biggest lawsuits <clears throat> in the city. I mean, you change the whole system, how it operates. Right. Uh, what does it? What does it have to come to lawsuits to change the system? Yeah, yes, unfortunately, you can't come in through the, like the traditional no. voting mm-hmm. someone in and getting laws passed. No. Change does not. You don't think change can come about that way anymore? No, no. I mean diplomacy and 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 sitting there and and making these agreements again. If if you're going to be outspoken and if you're not going to agree with everything they feel is the right thing, um, uh, it's not going to happen until you you litigate. Unfortunately. And then force the forces it to be the forces know that uh, litigation cost mm-hmm. and uh, on both ends. Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. To, to, to defend you, you also got to put up some good money. But but a lot of people are feeding off of that bureaucracy. So um, even even the you know the guys with, with getting the crumbs are feeding off of the bureaucracy. So they're not going to give it up, you know. And, and so you have to go in there, and you have to fight, you have to fight, and you have to threaten lawsuits, and you have to do all kind. I mean, I've been, just, just at the last meeting, I, you know, mm-hmm. um, they they were trying to give out something like six or seven contracts that didn't have an RFP or bid process. Just one person making a decision who was going to get those contracts. And I was like, how did it even get this far? It was actually to the point where it was on our agenda. It had gone through a committee, it had gone through staff, mm-hmm. and it got into our agenda. And, and all that needed to be was a vote from us. And I said, look, I'm telling you now, I, I know I don't have a majority here. I can't even get people to second my emotions now. I said, but if you guys pass this, I, I said it really clearly in, mm-hmm. in writing, so it was clear. Mm-hmm. I said, you all know that it didn't follow the procurement policies, didn't follow our policies, didn't follow silly poli- city policies, didn't follow federal federal money. I said, I'm just going to have to go and, and report this to the appropriate authorities. You know, they pulled them, sent them back to the committee and said, okay, we're going to have to get uh, bids. I mean, these are these were contracts that black contractors, local contractors, could do. 
Mm-hmm. Photography. One of them was a for photography. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, know, you know, to take pictures for our media for our, our magnet program, oh, which, which, okay. which is a whole other thing, which I, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could get a local guy. We got some guy from, I don't know, up north somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. doing this. And they said, well, he's been doing it for several years and we feel comfortable. Well, I don't care if you feel comfortable with him. You know, this is a process that was put in place so that everybody has a fear shake at it especially our communities uh, i'll be honest with you as even as a, a citizen in this, this city i still don't know how the bids work i don't <laughs> know how to go to look for them i don't know where to go find them i don't know who's that's deliberate uh, huh that's deliberate that's the, by design to make it more difficult for other people to be able to bid for instance uh-huh. as you may have remember i just had a hearing at the board of alders recently about the transportation contract. Yeah, yes, you were you were right on. Uh, it's, it's, New, like, it's like thirty million dollars. It's like fourteen percent of our budget. It's probably the biggest contract that the that the board of ed has. Mm-hmm. And they put that thing out for bid with thirty days notice. Now you got a two hundred bus, twenty seven million, thirty million dollar operation, and you expect a, someone to come in and be able to bid against the incumbent with with thirty days. Yeah, yeah, strategic to say the least. It was done. Yeah, it was yeah. done deliberately. Now, thank goodness we had mm-hmm. that hearing. Mm-hmm. People are listening now. They're now going to put out the bid six months in advance. That will give competition a chance to come in. Wow. Why do we want that? Because that could that could save us money. There's no guarantee. No, that is going to save us. But money. it's a healthy process. Competition breeds excellence. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so. Uh, I'm going to just ask Gary to step up to the mic a little or bring the mic towards you because I, I want everyone to hear uh, the, the baritone in your voice. <laughs> okay. The baritone in your How's voice. That? That perfect. Now, now <laughs> we've right. arrived. All right. Um, you, you, you're part of the commissioner now, commission. We got bidding issues for several contracts in the city. What's more important, education, the bidding process? What, what should we focus on in this city? <laughs> right now i mean there's so much going on bidding is important because bidding um determines how much money we have to pay out for the services that we get okay. right it's also important because those contractors that come in they hire people right mm-hmm. are they going to hire our people or are they going to hire people from somewhere else uh, they also pay wages are they going to mm-hmm. pay good wages are they not going to pay good wages all of that stuff mm-hmm. is important and at the end of the day it's important to our students because if you could get a a twenty-five million contract, as opposed to a twenty-seven million contract, that's two million dollars that we can now spend on our on our on our kids. Mm-hmm. Public safety program. Yeah, I, I, like, like, <laughs> for instance, <laughs> for instance, absolutely. <laughs> wow, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's very it's very important, but but it's not the most important thing, but it's certainly something we should focus on because mm-hmm. um, it affects our children, it affects the system, it affects. I mean, we were talking about uh, the. the um, uh, truancy rate that we have in New Haven, like forty-two percent of the kids are already uh, in, in, in jeopardy of being, being held back. And part Shameful. of it we were talking about was the the busing system and how it works. Because I remember last year, like if the bus didn't show up, I was just like, "Yeah, you ain't going to school today." Shameful! It's shameful. Mm-hmm. First of all, we shouldn't even be having this crazy busing system that we have right now. Forty percent of our—I mean, we have kids in my neighborhood. My daughter grew up at. 20 years she grew up in our house and she barely knew the neighbors because they were all going to different schools mm-hmm. catching different mm-hmm. buses at the same time because mm-hmm. of this stupid magnet program that's supposed to desegregate the schools it all it did was destroy our neighborhoods mm-hmm. quite frankly mm-hmm. and drain a lot of money out of our communities i mean the bus company that that now runs the, you know, the first student 
is an international company. They're, I think their national office, international offices in Switzerland or something. Mm. Um, I mean, that money is being drained out of our community back somewhere else, which is not um, not not our communities and not our people. Um, and it, it's, it's shameful because at the end of the day, it didn't really desegregate our our schools. No, and it costs us more money. Yep. And we actually, the last couple of years, we've been getting fined because our magnet schools are not meeting the desegregation goals. Wow! So they actually fine us for that hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars. It's, oh, it's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, and then, and then I just wanted to piggyback on that. We talk about collectively. You got all these different agencies. You talk about bidding and bid wars, and you talk about employment. Mm-hmm. When you look at the if you look at the data pertaining to the folks from the New Haven or Greater New Haven area um, who are attaining these these career paths, jobs making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, um, the the data speaks volume. I mean, you, you talk about black and brown people from our communities. Um, when you look at them, hiring opportunities, uh, you know, the, the numbers don't lie. So when you introduce programs like we did over 13 years ago at Hill House, the Public Safety Academy, mm-hmm. and what it did was introduce fire career paths, not only fire, public safety, over a thousand career paths that young folks can tap into. But not only that, but to get these certifications so that they're job ready, they're career ready. So when we go to hire, you won't hear the, the mess, the lies, the narrative that, we can't find qualified people mm-hmm. from the New Haven community. They're not certified. Mm-hmm. That, that aren't certified. certified. Okay, so here you go. 13 years ago, certify them. Certify them in your high schools. They're New Haven residents. They're going to stay in your community. They're going to coach. They're going to coach the Little Leagues. They're going to coach uh, Pop Warner football. Mm-hmm. They're going to play a major role in your communities. And we talk about mentoring and all the mental and psychological challenges that we have right now um, and that we've always have. These are ways to change those things, and and if 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 certain folks, if if it's not their idea, mm-hmm. then, then they don't want to support it, even though they know. So here we are, thirteen years later, and everybody's talking about well, maybe we need to talk about career paths. <laughs> Duh, it, it, has, I mean, it was there before. I mean, a lot of it did get wiped out by the monies that got dried up during the Bush administration, when they really. They cut off everything. The United Ways changed the way it gave out monies, and the the city changed the way because that's what led to the, to Latino youth being shut down, to the Q house being shut down. All those monies got dried up. Well, quiet as it's kept. First of all, people got to give this guy his kudos because he fought. I remember I was at the mayor's office when he was fighting for this thing, mm-hmm. and he fought long. It, did, it didn't just he didn't just say let's do this, and it got done. He had to fight, and he had to fight, and he had to fight, and he had to go find funding, and he had to do all kinds of stuff. And, and even then, people were like, eh, you know, and it's because, he, he was right, it was because of the messenger. Not so much because of the message, but it was because of the messenger. Mm-hmm. It was like, if, if it wasn't their ideal, then they didn't want to support it. But that's, that's still in New Haven, it still exists. I mean, even right now, if he comes up with this idea, no one's going to support it because it's not there. And education has never been designed for our community anyhow. I mean, uh, I, mean, you, you I, mean, I mean, look, look. you think about it. I mean, you know, yeah, slavery, first of all, they made sure that we were educated because they knew how important it was mm-hmm. um, for, for growth mm-hmm. and, and that educated slaves weren't going to stay slaves for very long. So they made sure that, that they were educated. And then after the Civil War and after um, black folks were free, they, we had the Jim Crow mm-hmm. where, where they said, okay, we'll, we'll give you a school. You know, we'll give you a school with no windows and 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 no resources, and mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and you guys could walk ten miles to it. You know, and 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 we'll see how that works for you, right? And and then and then when we had um, 
you know, Brown versus Board of Education, um, those folks down there said, okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to start our own schools. You mm-hmm. know, and we're going to use our tax money to start our own schools for our, our white folks. You still mm-hmm. are going to have, you could go to the schools we used to go to now, but you're still not going to have the resources. Mm-hmm. And even today, you know, I have people, I have people, someone called me the other day because, you know, we just, um, we just approved um, a, a contract for the, for the teachers, which is probably historic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 15, I saw 15% that. over Monday, three Monday, years. Yep. I mean, it's, it's really making up for a lot of... Um, Long overdue. Right. For, for it. And, you know, someone said to me, how are we going to pay for that? And I said, well, first of all, my job as a, as a member of the Board of Ed is not to figure out how it gets paid for. My, because I'm not authorized to raise taxes. I'm not authorized to, to bring money into the system. I'm only authorized to, to, to determine what needs to be done in our system, what resources need to come in and, 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 and to give them the authority to be able to do that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, so my authority stops at saying, this is what we're going to pay the teachers. Now it's up to the mayor and the board of alders and, and the governor, you know, and the state representatives to figure mm-hmm. out how to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That, that's not my issue. My issue is making sure that we have the best resources possible in this school system so that our kids can learn. And I keep telling my fellow board members, I don't care how much it costs. If we need it, then we need to do it. And, and the fact is, school system doesn't exist without two constituencies. Students mm-hmm. and teachers. Mm-hmm. Everything else is fluff. Mm-hmm. Administrators, superintendents, they're all fluff. Mm-hmm. Without those two, you don't have a school system. So if you're not going to pay your teachers, they're not going to come. What kind of school system do you have? Uh, one where where uh, the teachers get poached. The the ones that for you know going to the private sector. And I heard your story about your daughter. The- I heard your story about your daughter and how our system were failing kids like your daughter. You know, who didn't give them the resources that they needed to be able to accomplish, or at least not to be able not to be able to accomplish, but have to work a little harder yeah. to accomplish. And and, mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, your daughter and my daughter and, and 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 our daughters are no no less intelligent than these kids that grow up in million dollar. Um, no, they're not income families. Nope, they just don't have the resources that that these yeah, they, They're have. just coming from better school systems. Right. That, that provide them that level because they're, they're the most some of these kids come as far from Fairfield Greenwich, mm-hmm. but they come to from these school systems that prepared them, yep, and got them to that point where they could slide. But uh, she and a lot of the other students that came from New Haven are all in the same classrooms together because they're doing algebra, dear ninth grade, doing algebra with seventh graders. Yeah. There's seventh and eighth graders mm-hmm. in her room because everyone that transferred in has to start at that algebra yep. one level because they were not prepared yep. to step into something higher. Yep. Same thing with the reading. She was not grammatically correct. If there's a reading issue in the city, there is. She has no grammar at all. So she's not getting the A this semester because of her grammar. Not because she cannot annotate. She can't do all the things that they taught her, but she doesn't, still, she doesn't have the basic to excel in this program. So I told her, I said, just get the work done. I'm not going to hold you to any standards because it's pretty obvious you're not well equipped. It's going to take us a year to equip her with the necessity tools for her to succeed next year. So we wasted a whole year on her now. $61,000 wasted for me because I can't use that. We can't use none of that. That's a failure of our system. And, and the only two that I don't blame for that failure are the students and the teachers. I put a little bit of blame on some of the parents that are not that are making sure their kids are not going to school. I mean, we have kindergarten kids 
who have just as high an absentee level as, mm-hmm. as high school seniors. Mm-hmm. You can't blame that on the kids. That's the parents right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a failure of our system. And, and quite frankly, I take it as a personal failure, as a member of the board of this board for seven years, and not to be able to make progress. As much as I fought for it, as much as I fought to make changes, it's still a failure on my part because it didn't get done. You know, and, 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 the, and the worst part about it is nobody wants to put blame on anybody. You know, I've, I've a couple of times at, in the last couple of meetings, I've said to the, to the superintendent, "How could this happen? Like 179 days instead of instead of 180? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to do 180 days. We only did 179. Mm-hmm. No, that. Now, now said, this year you got to add a day this year. I, I said, how does that happen? <laughs> how does that work? You got to add a day this year. I, I, how does that? How happen? does that make sense though? It doesn't make sense. You you still gypped everyone last year. That's right. But how did it happen in the first place to make sure it doesn't happen again? And the superintendent said, oh, you know, we don't want to assign any blame to anybody. Well, somebody's got to be responsible <laughs> for it." And if you're not going to decide, I'm going to blame you for it. You know, and, and, and then you fix, you figure out how to fix it. We had um, just recently, and I'm going to shut up, but, but, just, <laughs> but, but just recently we, we had a report about mm-hmm. attendance. Yep, 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 yep. And the state called um, our people into a meeting because they said, these numbers don't make any sense. Davis Street School, 98% um, 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 chronic absenteeism. That can't be right. And if what? it is right, then what's going on, right? 98%? So the super, well, the superintendent said, well, it's a problem because the accurate numbers are not being put into the system. I said, okay, well, who's responsible for this, putting the numbers in? Who knows? She says, well, you know, it happens at the school level. Well, who at the school level? Well, we're not going to get into that. We don't want to blame anybody for it. Well, how do you not fix it? I mean, it's ridiculous. If you don't know that your kids are not coming to school, how are you able to deal with the issue of them not being in school? Because My, you can't teach an empty chair. My daughter was almost held back because of her absenteeism last year because wow. we spent two years on a family vacation at the beginning of the year. We spoke directly with the high school. We told them we we're going to spend time at national parks for a couple of weeks before she starts the school seat, the school year. Cool. By the end of the school year, though, I was getting notices that they were, they were threatening to hold her back with a straight A. So then it became this big old game of who is accountable for these absentee and who do I talk to? And I went to the school system. They sent me to the school. The school sent me back to the school system. I gave up. At the end of the year, I was like, you know what? If they fail her and keep her back, I'll just sue. Because it's, it's, I've tried my best to find out where the system works. And it, it doesn't work. It's flawed. Nobody takes responsibility. No one takes responsibility. So I, cause we were trying to change some of the absentees yeah. because she was going through medical and some doctors. They, 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 we don't know who does that. $16.5 million dollars on administrators in this system, and we couldn't count to 180. Say that again, please. Say that again. $16.5 million dollars spent on administrators in this system, and we couldn't count to 180. We no. couldn't keep track of how many days our kids were And there school. was no one to blame. Not one Not one person. Nope. Okay. Superintendent's not taking the blame, and she's not blaming nobody else. Well, she's already out the door, so I don't know how much, you know. They, they, well, <laughs> it's like me. I'm quite quitting already. I'm not, you see me. I'm not even drilling Gary today. I'm just taking a day off. I, I'm, 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 I'm letting you do all the talking. You know what? I'm sitting back. I'm listening. And, and you know, we, uh, unfortunately... Know, years and years and you continue to advocate and fight for change and it's quite obvious what we see in front of us um and i'm gonna and i'm gonna just uh I'll give you an example mm-hmm. um in the fire service they came up with this thing called cpap physical agility tests mm-hmm. very limited access to it it's at the connecticut state fire academy um that being said this ha- it's become a prerequisite in some departments 
In order to get on the department, you got to pass this CPAP. Mm -hmm. One, you got to call and test for it. The classes fill up right away. But my thing is, here you got a a prerequisite, something that you have to have. And mind you, I'm I'm thinking about um, right now in Hamden. Okay. Fire department. Mm -hmm. Zero females on the department. Okay. Zero. Mm -hmm. Never hired an African-American or Hispanic female. Uh, they've hired fem- no females at all, or just well, you had one recently. She retired, but currently you have zero. Zero, and females. and if you if you don't have any um minorities, period, African American or Hispanic. Right now, I think you have you have a couple of Hispanics. That just recently, we became commissioners in, uh, recently, and we fortunately were able to to hire um, um a diverse group of folks. Okay, um, we do have an active list right now, but. Going back to the CPAT mm-hmm, certification, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you don't have the CPAT, you can't enter the fire academy. CPAT, one thing it costs, mm-hmm. limited access. But my argument was, okay, if this is so important for entry level, won't we do this then? Okay, you do the CPAT. Well, you set that as the prerequisite. But every year or every other year, make sure that everybody that's on that line, they should have to take that CPAT. Mm-hmm. If it's so important, mm-hmm. so you can get on the job. Put a two hundred pounds on, and you can't you can't do the job. Mm. So my argument is, every time we try to position folks from our communities to get to a place where they're hired, they can be hired. They raise the bar, yep. mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. strategic. Yep. So if you have a department and there's no females, mm-hmm. there's no African. I'm not saying you have. I think seven or eight right now in Hamden. Mm-hmm. No black. Uh, and it compares to how many total firefighters, real quick. Maybe. Right now, I think you're around 98. So, 7 out of 98. Yeah. Okay. Continue. But these numbers aren't, I mean, I, I'm going back. You look at 1970s, back in the 70s, 14% of the fire service were African American. Right now, we're at 7%. In New Haven? Wow. No, internationally. We're down to 7%. Wow. And what happened is we used to have consent decrees. We had lawsuits, the, mm-hmm. you know, George Sweeney, the Firebirds. But we've had these type of lawsuits all over the country. Just to make sure that there's a, we're trying to level the playing field, so some folks from our community can attain these jobs. So here we are, 2022. We're at seven percent. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable. Yeah. So if you if you identify a problem, like to what you were saying, if you identify a problem, you see a problem, and then you say, "Wow, we set up a program in the schools and certify these young folks, get them ready, just like you have the volunteer departments." Mm-hmm, they can do. Mm-hmm. And this is what we were trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, and we did. We saved some souls, you know, but you don't hear about those great stories. Um, you know, I, I've had a mother, a mother approach me and one of our first young ladies part of the public safety program. She said, you saved my daughter's life. She was on a path to mm. destruction. Mm-hmm. And to this day, she's, she's, she's doing very well. Nice. But that being said, these career paths are life changing and it. And, and they're not just for an individual, and fi- and fi- but financially in their neighborhoods, their families. Yep. I mean, on a, on a firefighter's pay, it's not great, but you can still live in New Haven and under oh, with the, with that kind of money and generational. And still and generational, and then you can provide better education and opportunities for you for the your kids, your family. But and you stay in your neighborhoods because most likely, if you're hired in mm-hmm. New Haven, you're from New Haven. It's very unlikely you're going to move to North Haven. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then, you, and then you're keeping Hold the money. On. Then Hold you're keeping on. the Where money. Where you live again? I live in Hamden. Okay. But okay. Yeah. I keep close. 
Yeah, but I'm right. I don't want to say where I'm at. Haven, by the way. So let me no. put that on the record I'm, too. I'm, I'm right out of the line. You're the line. I'm still in New Haven. Yeah. Right. All right. But my soul and my I'm still I'm doing a lot of work still in New Haven. I, I'll be honest with you. The African American community in Hamden has grown significantly. Oh, absolutely. Significantly between you know the New Haven town line and the railroad specifically because mm-hmm. once you go past the railroad and uh, the Hamden shopping, it turns into a whole different community. When I was a kid, you that. couldn't go to Hamden. You couldn't even go to Hamden. It, 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 was like, it was like the East Shore. You just couldn't go there. Yeah. I mean, I remember driving down um, Dixwell Avenue when I was really young and having some kids throw rocks at us. You know, because we were going out, we were trying to go out to that little mall area. It wasn't even really a mall at the time. And mm. we were riding our bikes out there. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and it was notorious at one time. You couldn't drive, you drive past that, that, that what is it, um, yeah, Burger plus, King over yeah. on Hampton and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You passed Arch Street. Arch Street Arch, Arch, yeah. You would get stopped. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. But going so back, to, back to your point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, my point. I. Uh, <laughs> so it's so it's it, it's interesting that you you've been attempting to fill a gap in the system because every time there's a, a gap in the system, there's a certain amount of inequality. You step up with an idea. And but it doesn't take root. Doesn't doesn't grasp. What what is what is it going to well, one of the major challenges was, you know, not only, I'm, I'm, again, you're fighting your union, because your union said, well, and, mm-hmm. I, and when I was doing it, I was volunteering. So they couldn't dictate oh. how much time I spent mm-hmm. in the schools. You know, I got it off, I'd go right to the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they couldn't tell me what to do and how to do it. But anyway, that being said, you have a game plan. You have a, a strategic game plan. You have something set up where your success stories are going to be, you know, they're going to rise. You're going to have these individuals that... You would never, I'll give you an example. I uh, had a state forensic lady come in, and she, uh, she did a PowerPoint. She said, how many young folks in this room are interested in police, fire, public safety? Um, she said, police, raise your hand, maybe one or two. Fire, raise your hand, maybe six or seven. Then she showed them again the presentation, and it talked about forensic side of, of policing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it talked about all different, you know, it just wasn't the, the beat. Cops walking the beat. Yeah, it talked about uh, some of the background science. Check. Some science. Of the science. The science, the exactly. science behind forensics. It. Yes. Um, and then she asked the same question. The majority of the room raised their hand. Now they're interested. Uh huh. So what I'm saying is, is if we expose our young folks to these different career paths and don't tell them if you're if you're not this, if you don't major in this, you don't major in that, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's they're they're limiting their ability to 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 be successful. Mm-hmm. So give them the options. Put these things in front of them, so at least they can see. And sh- if, if they see an interest in it, then they're going to take it and run with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you got to give them that opportunity. So at some point, when are we going to say we have to change? Wait, mm-hmm. if, if it's not working, change it. Mm-hmm. And you have the resources. But it's working for the benefit of some people, right? That's. Um, but I'm and yeah. the people that have the it's working for the pimp, people who have the influence over right. the change. That circle, that that circle, that, that yeah. network. But we have to, in order for us to see systemic change and and change, we got to think about the village, the community, and not just about our own circle. That's right. And with that mentality that I'm good, you know, I'm good. I'm coming. I'm coming. Work. I'm making six figures. Right. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But how about the other folks? Mm-hmm. And that's right. where my passion lies. Is about the other folks. I'm good because of other folks, right? You know, because of our elders, you know. But we've all done. I mean, we've 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 fought a good fight, but we have to continue fighting, and we can't put our guards down and and, and think that no. 
we're in a good place because we're not. No. Nope. And that number of the black firefighters throughout the country. That's, that's, that's staggering. From 14 to 7%. Cut yes. in half. Yes. 50, yeah. 50% decrease if you want to talk about numbers. 100% decrease. Yes. 14 to 7%. Am I, am I African Americans to be specific? Is that the number for? Yeah. Yeah. For African American firefighters internationally. Yep. So that means in, in, in the world. I'm just shocked that you guys have been fighting inequalities mm -hmm. your whole life, yet you've you've, you've seen things regress. Yeah, I instead mean, of move forward, we, we 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 learn the system. We learn how to to, I would say, manipulate the system so it works for us also. And they figure out that we learned it, so they change the system. You know, and, and like like he says, you know. Um, they just add more stuff to it, and change the goalposts, move mm -hmm. goalposts the back. goal line. Yeah, yeah. they move the goal. I've, I've heard that, that yeah. saying a lot. Yeah, and, and it's it's blatant and it's strategic. It's blatant and it's frustrating because what's happening too is they're they're laying some individuals to rest. They're making them feel comfortable so that they can say, "Oh, I made it on my own." Mm -hmm. Merit. Right. Know, merit right. matters. Right. He's, he's throwing up right. air quotes, by the way. Right. <laughs> Gary's right. throwing up air quotes as he says that. <laughs> Right. But it's so, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's disturbing to say the least because, you know, you see it done for some folks and then you see it, you know, one folk can go to, one man can go to jail, one woman can go to jail and then the other one could get a raise. Well, it's even, I mean, wow. look, at, look at health, look, look at healthcare, right? I mean, uh -huh. Gary's, Gary's been fighting this fight for a long time. I have a son who's, who has sickle cell, mm. you know, and, and quite frankly, it's, it's, you know, it's really a black disease. So it doesn't get all the kind of press and it doesn't get all the kind of funding that all of these other diseases get. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and, and I remember my son going to the hospital and, and some of these doctors, I mean, these doctors have these latent racial, racial thinking. Mm, uh, yep, undertones and, 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 and they're thinking that my son is coming to the doctor so that he could get drugged up. You know, he's, he's coming to the doctor because he's having intense pain that none of us could ever want to experience mm -hmm. and, and could understand. You know, this pain that comes from within. And, um, and and they just didn't understand it. And, they, and, and still today, you know, especially adults with sickle cell who try to go to the hospital and get relief, they're, they're treated like, like drug addicts. Uh, uh, and, and it's frustrating. Yeah, and this year, you know, we started a, a, pro, a boot drive called Ring the Bell for Sickle Cell here in New Haven. Oh, okay. And what we did was, I'm sure you used to see the, the firefighters out there with their boots yep. collecting for a muscular dystrophy. So we started doing it for sickle cell also, and, and we fared well. We were doing really well. One is a great look for the community because it showed you care about a disease. Mm -hmm. It predominantly affects African Americans, but also the Hispanic community. They're mm -hmm. second. They're number two. Mm -hmm. But that being said, being the least, you know, you talk about funding, um, and you just hit on it. The amount of funding that's going towards it is very limited. So here you got this year, I think last year too, um, they pulled back and said, we're not doing it anymore. Uh, the New Haven. So I don't know if you were, we, we had a, a press conference about a month uh, ago, right in front of the firehouse. Mm. We were so taken back by the fact that the, the, the department, the union didn't support, want to support our efforts. And, and the reasons why a, a safety issue. Safety. Right, so they, when they want, they don't, uh, yeah, <laughs> we, let's recap here. So you have a movement that's raising money for a fund that does not get any attention you brought attention and funds to it successfully, but because of the of a safety issue, you are now discontinued to promote this event. Well, that yeah, that was what uh, 
was but told. What, can, what was the safety issue? Can we get into that? Us going into the middle of the street. I said, but aren't we in the business of safety? Aren't we firefighters? Aren't we heroes? By doing, you know, this sickle cell efforts, this outreach, um, we should want to do it. And, but and, when it was done for MS, it was fine. Right. Okay, and, just checking. Yeah, no, it was. It, you <laughs> had no. Back, just going back. Yeah, no, you didn't have any kick, you know. And we fought for the. And Mr. Rawlings, who is the director of the sickle cell over on Michelle's house on um, uh-huh. on Chapel, uh-huh. um, was just t- so taken back by the fact that, you know, we didn't want to do it. Fortunately, Bridgeport firefighters, the fire department, stepped up and did it and raised over $19,000. Wow. Oh, slow clap to the Bridgeport wow. fire department for stepping it up. Yep. In the and now, along and, with the fire brigade, and uh, wow. did, did they have did they have a safety issue over there? No. Okay, just checking. <laughs> just checking. And, and have I, you been to Bridgeport? I, oh, yeah, I've seen how they drive. I would cross those streets at yeah. any time. <laughs> I've seen how they drive in Bridgeport. Well, right? the department <laughs> did, and and then you know, and then you you get phone calls from the sickle cell community, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't know you mentioned just I. The reason why this was brought about, my best friend had sickle cell. He passed a couple years ago. Kurt, my condolences. Yes, okay. I know Kurt very well. Yeah, right. and I grew up with Kurt and Kevin. Okay. And and then I started seeing the, you know, the the movement and how the the, the the disease wasn't embraced. Then I started going on calls and seeing a young this young girl. I never um, we I mean, we must have had a call. We had to go to her house maybe three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. She curled up in the corner. She's in so much pain. And folks were like, "Well, why are we getting called for this?" I said, "Do you know what sickle cell is about?" Mm. I said, "If I grabbed your elbow and crushed it." That's what they're feeling right now. And mm-hmm. then, unfortunately, a lot of them are allergic to some of the pain medications. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about addiction and all these other challenges. But you, for you to be, and this is what I mean from hiring within. Because mm-hmm. if you hire somebody from your community, they're going to be somewhat familiar with sickle cell. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be show more empathy. And, and leadership positions, not just hiring people of your own, mm-hmm. you know. I'm talking about inter-leadership, management, decision-influencing positions within your organization and quite frankly i didn't know i didn't really know about the disease until i married my wife and she she already had a son who was like eight nine years old he had sickle cell i didn't understand it at first i was like what's going on you know mm. and, then, and then i did more research and learned more and understood more and whatnot but you, but you're right i grew up with a guy graduated from high school with him never knew that he had sickle cell i knew that he had a problem mm-hmm. he was out of school all the time longhorn tim mm-hmm. longhorn and um, he eventually died, I think, like maybe five years after we graduated from high school. But I never understood the disease, even though he was in school with us. I mean, he was a good friend in school. But you know, even our community is not aware of it unless unless they get educated. So certainly their community doesn't. Right. So, so that's, yeah, going back, that's why the awareness was so important. Right. So what better, you talk about making the community aware is putting a firefighter out there with a fire truck mm-hmm. with signs, you know, talking about, I can't, uh, folks were driving by elderly Oh, Gary, this is great. You guys, you know, my niece, my nephew, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, they went through it. And their life expectancy. Is, I will say I'm just shocked. As I didn't even know that Hispanics were number two on this list. I didn't either. Uh, you, you, yeah, you, you, I, I'm super educated now yes. and informed. And with just that alone, I, I got, I'm going to go do more research yeah. on it and I'll right. see how I can get involved in, yeah. in bringing awareness to this. Because, yeah. you know, there's things that are, are, do affect us disproportionately because, A, we're in the urban setting. We're in this concrete jungle, so we're in, then we don't have access to the, the straight same nutrition. Mm-hmm. We don't even have the air quality isn't the same, <laughs> let alone in the inner city than it is in, in, in your beautiful part of Hamden. <laughs> 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 All right. The air quality. Is, the air quality. 
Just saying, the air quality, the air, the air is a little easier to breathe out there than it is here in the, in the inner city. But we have the, these creates these these physical and health inequalities mm-hmm. that pr- disproportionately affect our communities. Yes. Then there's no awareness. There's no money. There's mm-hmm. no one even knows that. That I mean, for for years, asthma was a big issue. Where where right. where did that go? So imagine having sickle cell go? and asthma. And asthma. But, but, but right now, we don't it's even still mention there. the asthma rate. We just rate. don't talk about it. The asthma rate is still crazy in the city. I mean, think about where they were building all of these apartment complexes, all of these low-income apartment plots next to highways. Yep. With all that exhaust. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why these kids out of, in those places were having all these asthmatic issues. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about school, you know, attendance. <sighs> and then if you're not sympathetic or you're not, you, you're not aware of the challenges of sickle cell, you know, because again, that's right. a lot of folks miss school. Yes, yeah, right. Once, once they go into a crisis, that's right. They got to go to the hospital. That's yep. right. He missed a lot of school. Yeah. And so, how about when we talk about scholarships? There's a young man that's in uh, medical school right now, um, that's on the board of Sickle Cell. Mm. But when we talk about scholarships, let's look at you know giving these young folks scholarships and opportunities to to persevere in life. You know, but there's so much. It's all about funding and awareness. So if you're against awareness and if you're against funding um that should tell you you know i just i i you hear what people say but you you know again you see what people do you see their actions i think i think people are afraid of uh educating well there's a there's a movement against it i mean this whole crt nonsense there's a movement against educating our children and educating them with facts we want to give them a bible and think that they're going to be able to survive in the world you know you learn from that bible no you know, they need to learn math and arithmetic. I mean, uh, uh, math and arithmetic the same thing. Math and, and, and learning and how to history. write. And history. And, 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 and history, for They're sure. History. Their and history. Let me, tell you an exa- history. let me tell you an example of erasing history that's happening right now. Okay. All right. Obama school. Ob- the school over on by Southern Connecticut. Okay. We just We just renamed that Obama when I was president. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that is a school that is located on the grounds of Southern Connecticut University I, and here in Westville. And I pushed to rename that the Obama School. First of all, there's only like four schools in the whole New England area that are named Obama, and three of them are like charter schools. Okay. This is the only public school in the area Wow, um, that, that's named after Obama. And we fought hard to get funding for that school. I was president of the board. Harp was mayor. Taisha, Taisha um, um, Walker was was president of the board of alders mm-hmm. we fought hard first year it was it was it was knocked down we fought hard to get funding for that school the next year and got it mm. okay they put up they, the school opened while while Hart was still mayor while mm-hmm. i was still board president mm-hmm. but they didn't put the plaque up until after um leadership changed mm. so the plaque in the school says mayor uh what's this Mayor Elker. Mayor Elker. Mayor Elker. I'm trying to forget. Mayor Elker's <laughs> name on it. Then it has the small letters, Mayor, to- uh, Mayor Tony Hart. Mm-hmm. Then it has um, the, the current board president, Yesenia Rivera, who wasn't even on the board when we actually fought for the funding for that or built the school. <laughs> History is written by the victors. They've erased people like me and and Tony Harp, who actually fought uh, for for that, and 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 that's how history is shaped in this in this world. And it's and it's it's well, well you know. Well, again, that's what I, when I when I talk to some of these young folks, not only young uh, folks, real quick, folks uh, uh, Howard Boyd, Howard S- Howard yes. says, "Good morning, my brother." 
I word. Good morning, He's old listening. man. <laughs> his mother his mother fought hard in this in this city for years for for equity for for blacks and for women yes indeed yes, but, and what was her name and boyd educate me and boyd worked with walter brooks and and, mm-hmm. and all those guys to to make sure that that town that part of town was represented fairly mm. you know, she was a legend yeah. wow and and then that's this you know we had miss wells who was one of the first Female commissioners that's right. very instrumental in hiring uh, um, folks of color. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that being said, boy, Howard and, um, you know, but these are folks that we all grew up with, and we know the importance of mentoring and, and, and advocating for change. Mm-hmm. But what I want to say to, if I, really quick. Go ahead, go ahead. To the, to the, because Dross is going to come in here and uh, give, us some, give us a finger in a second, so let's okay. go. Okay, to, to the younger generation. Uh-huh. Time flies, time flies when knowledge is, is this changed uh, at this rate. Right. And there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. And you talk about community service. And I just want to say this, folks. You talk about work ethic and community service. If your work ethic is good and you stick by your community, you can be vocal. You can make a difference in many lives. And that's what I always stood by because I you, knew. But you're saying consistent and what? Consistent. Just because, just be consistent. Be consistent and don't change for anybody. There you go. Do it if you believe in your heart is right. Make it happen. Don't talk about it. Do it, and don't be afraid to do it. And don't don't let folks convince you that you, you what you're doing is wrong and you, you're the boogeyman. And <laughs> so <laughs> that being said, it sounds like you're, you're using it as a therapy session. These are things <laughs> that were used against you, Gary, over time. Yeah. Do you feel like people were shamed? They shamed you. They they put you to put you in a box. They try to, do, you know, belittle your thoughts and, and what you did. I mean, talk, I'm your therapist. Well, well sure. no, I'm very proud of what I mm-hmm. stood. I didn't stand okay. for self, you know. I mm-hmm. got plenty of opportunity, plenty of offers. Said, Gary, why don't you go sit down somewhere and we'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, but I wasn't raised that way. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not the one. So don't come with me with that garbage. That being said, be consistent and, and, and care for your community and care for these young folks out there. They need help. And uh, we need to help them. I've had the same experience. You know, it, it's like you know, people are still surprised when I get up and actually advocate for the community. Mm. And, 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 you know, I, people make comments all the time. They write comments in, in, in this paper. And, you know, mm-hmm. why is he such a loud mouth? He's just trying to get attention. But I'm mm-hmm. not trying to get attention. I don't need this attention. It doesn't put a dime in my pocket. I have to not receive a dime in, in front of none of my family members work for the Board of Ed or any other city organization. Uh, you know, I, I don't get anything out of this except for doing the right thing, you know. And so I'm always surprised when people say, why is, you know, when, when people write to you and say, why are you giving uh, people like Darnell Golson a platform? You know, it's because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm saying something different than they're saying, that they're not willing to say, that they probably believe in but are afraid to do it because they don't want to mess up their little mm-hmm. hustle that they got mm-hmm. going on. And, mm-hmm. and um, like I said, you know, I before I became, uh, you know, I was always working behind the scenes. This guy was out front. And, you know, people were afraid to be near. They, they didn't want to be. They liked what he was doing. They appreciated what he was doing. I hear this stuff all the time myself. But they didn't want to be in the same room with him. <laughs> they didn't want to be associated <laughs> with him because they didn't want to mess up their thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we got to stop being photo ops and, and yeah. make, make a difference in lives. Yeah. Get up there cheesing with folks that don't have our best interests. Ooh. 
Wow. Photo op. Wow. Wow. I love that. I was just, you know, I, I think, mm -hmm. I, I, just to go on board, I see more people at galas than I do um, giving out donations. I haven't been to um, galas in such a long time. Yeah, that's what, that's, that was my thing. I okay. see all these gala pictures. You're at this gala, that mm -hmm. gala. I, can you at least post next time that you're in a community event with a bunch of kids, like you're, you're on a block party or a mm -hmm. block watch association meeting? Show me pictures like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Howard Boyd is, is fanboying you guys. A great panel. These guys are dropping <laughs> knowledge. Great show. I mean, he's like, we need a part two. <laughs> the man is leaving. Unfortunately, <laughs> Howard, this is the last, the last of my Keeping It 100s here at WNHH. Uh, Darnell has been, and Darnell and Gary has been one of my two favorite guests. Uh, you know, <laughs> Rodney and, and, and Kimber are good people. They okay. Uh, they okay. <laughs> let, let me tell you, you guys, even behind the scenes, you guys are very competitive. It's, it's just interesting <laughs> to see how, you know, you guys are competitive about how, and you're, compa you're competitive about how compassionate you are about your community. It's like mm -hmm. you try to outdo <laughs> your love for your community. That's and right. it's like, it just, it's, what better competition can you have amongst good uh, people? Like, like when Rodney's giving it, giving it a, a whole bunch of turkey, so I got to find something to do on Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I got to beat him. I can't, I can't let him beat me, man. <laughs> he's out there. He's out there right now giving out turkeys. You're right. He's giving it. But, but, and he's only doing it for Dixwell and Newhallville. That's so right. maybe, maybe you could feed everyone in New Haven. <laughs> you got to outdo him. You got to outdo him. You know, we got, we're going to leave. And my thing is, do, do you guys see anybody out there that can replace it? you gentlemen specifically because oh. you you got these anomalies of you you don't you're no one's in your pocket you're not in anyone's pocket right allows you freedom of expression do you see any are you hoping you, you know it, it, it's tough because the people that we help to build up have become when they become successful we want them to be able to remain where they are and help other people so they can't be as advocates as much as we are um but i see a couple of people i mean listen there's different ways to do things right if i if i had a choice for who who's running for mayor you know for instance rock i think is a great guy right mm -hmm. he's but he's gonna he's gonna if, if he goes into that operating room he's gonna come in with a sledgehammer mm -hmm. right and then you got somebody like shafiq who i love to death mm. he's gonna he's gonna come in with a scalpel he's mm -hmm. gonna be a little you know a little mm -hmm. You know, then you got people like Mike Smart. Okay. You, you know, and and and, and Mike is going to come in with an invisibility outfit. You know, <laughs> you don't even though he's there, but he's doing what he has to do to make sure things gets done. Mm. You know, and everybody loves the guy. You know, so um, you know, there's so a if lot. you had to choose, I mean, if you had to choose for, to, out of those three for mayor, who would you who would you throw your, your your way behind? Listen, I'm more of a sledgehammer guy, but I know that the scalpel, um, the scalpel is cleaner. And, and people are more comfortable with so, it. So at uh, 1153 <laughs> on 1117, Darnell Golson is uh, endorsing Shafiq Abdusabor. I wish he would run. Um, I'm, I'm advocating for him to run, and I would be behind him 100% if he did. Okay. All right. So we're breaking news. For those who don't know, we, we are fully in. But well, I don't know, Gary. You're from Hamden. You don't count. I was going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but what you. Give us your two cents. I mean. Your opinion is still valuable. You it's still not like you don't know here. what's going on here. I'm, no, I'm, I'm very involved. I'm still involved. Uh, again, politics. You look at people, their track record, what they've done, what they continue to do, if they're consistent. Are they making a difference in lives of our, our, our folk in our community? Um, 
you know, not just not just moving in all different directions, just being steady and steadfast on their beliefs. That's who I want to. I want you know. I would support anybody that's going to do right by our folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Regardless. Mm-hmm. And you talk about strategic. Uh, you talk about with the scalpel and everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, sledgehammer. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe myself. I think I'm very. You said it. You're nuclear. You must be handled with a radioactive suit. Thor. There it is. There it is. There it but, is. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we we have some beautiful people in New Haven. Um, beautiful talent. It's just like you said. That meeting we used to have. You know, the folks used to meet at the Elk, like mm-hmm. Black Lantern officials, BEL, and meet and strategize. And even if you got to meet halfway. Listen to everybody and come up. What's the best solution? We know what works. We know what do- what doesn't work. But let's come up to the best solution, regardless whose idea it is, and move on it. There it is. And take care of business. There it okay. is. Okay. Right. Man, that's that's uh, that we can add that to the blueprint right there. Jeez. That is the blueprint. Keeping it real, right? Yeah. Keep it in one hundred. Remember that. <laughs> Not keeping 50. it real. Not fifty. One hundred. Well, we stop again. <laughs> but we got to carry. We have to carry the narrative. <laughs> And what you are doing, which is great, you, you know, you're allowing folks from all different perspectives right. to come and talk and, and, and give right. out their viewpoints so people don't have to take what they hear and, and come to a conclusion about what they think about you. Mm-hmm. So you're giving folks a different opportunity. You can, you're exposing, um, not just exposing, but giving the opportunity to hear why we have this mindset or why we're in this position. And now you know. But he's leaving us, bro. He's going to spin records at, at YPC. Yeah, man. but he knows. On, he's got the he's got the gift of he can flip stuff. And I said, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> my goal has always been to bring my community together. I'm born and raised in New Haven. I've always been bothered by the divide between the black and Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. To be specific, specific, I'm an anomaly in a city where I was born and raised in New Hallville. I lived in Bassett Street. I went to Bat Lincoln Bassett. I was the only Puerto Rican there. Okay, so then I, when I go and I uh, go to Fairhaven, I, I and I see the disparity and and also the people not. It's there's certain themes that are universal. Mm-hmm. Inequalities in our communities mm-hmm. are universal. They affect all of us. Kimber could come in here and say, "You got we got to you know focus on black people." And <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you there too. Because like, you know I didn't even know that that, that Caucasians existed until I went downtown. <laughs> when I was ten years old, <laughs> I grew up in. You grew up on what? I grew up on Bassett and New Hall. I grew up on Division Street. Okay, Hun- Hun- right. Huntington Street in New Hall. Okay, so we all grew That's up right. in the same little Lake area. Bassett student. I'm, me too. I was there That's with right. Eleanor Boyd and, and Verdell Roberts and them. Back but you're in a little the day. younger. But you know. I'm a little younger. You, you probably was at Ivy School with, with uh, Di- um, uh, Mr. Mr. Dice. Pa- Mr. P- D- Mr. Dr. Dyke, well, Mr. Dyson, mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Pavlopoulos. Yes, Remember yes, him, Mr. yes, Pav? yes. Ivy Street School. Ah, look uh, at Ivy that. Street, too. That's right. <laughs> Just get mugged every day walking there, but that's a whole other story. Why not? <laughs> I have protection. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. So, the meeting of the minds, we all come from the same place. We all have the, our, our, you know, our, our neighbors' minds, and, and, and you know, we take, we, we're trying to hold ourselves accountable for even our neighbors' mm-hmm. well-being. Yeah. And for that, I thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Uh, we would, in case you don't know who the voices are, is Darnell Goldson. Thank you, sir. Um, Gary Tenney, thank you, sir, for your time. I do really appreciate it. Thank uh, you for the platform. Yep, you. you know, I, I don't know. I'm emotional now because I, I, I was giving zeros about leaving, but now that you, the way you guys make, formulate it, 
it's kind of, you know, now I understand the gravity of the situation okay. and what I was doing here. Yeah. So thank you for giving me perspective. You've been listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Antonio Candelario here at 103.5 FM WNHH New Haven Independent.org, your home for community radio. And again, thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, final words you want? You got, we want the final show, final words, uh, Darnell. Uh, don't stop. Find another find another medium or platform <laughs> to give us a voice and whatnot. You're you're the man, and we're gonna we're gonna count on you to do that. All right, I will I will put my creative hat on, and I will I will find I will find another mountaintop for us to to yell from. Yep. Thank and, you. And, and if possible, if you can give us the opportunity, when you talk about sickle cell, I do at some point want to sit down and talk to you about sickle cell. Yes, and, and the impact we can make a difference. Yes, and we like you, if we save one soul. That's doing something, but uh, the work yes. of the sickle cell. There's a lot of work left, and uh, um, I think that's one of the one of the uh, things we really have to advocate for. Yeah. All right, I will do that, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. You've been listening, and, and be consistent. 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 And have the blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go to rock for that one. <laughs> with that said, gentlemen, thank you very much. This has been Keeping It 100 with Jose Canelario on 103.5 FM WNHH New Haven Independent.org, your home for community radio. <laughs> Ha 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 